With us today on Mother's Day is Ty McCoy. Uh, Ty McCoy was the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force uh, under Ronald Reagan and a uh, West Point graduate and loves America. And uh, Ty McCoy, uh, what are you seeing now uh, going on in, in Europe or Asia? Or yeah, Give us your evaluation. Well, Katz, it's great to be with you, as always, and your team and your guests. I appreciate the opportunity to discuss this with you. It's so vital and so important. And what I'm seeing right now at the macro level, I would say that the war will continue for a lot longer, since politically neither Russia or Ukraine or their backers can step down to due to domestic politics, and it can't look like a loser. So despite the desire of many to stop the war due to destruction, humanitarian issues, and dangers of nuclear war, there doesn't really seem to be the off-ramp that anybody can take. The biggest winners so far are the Chinese, and the biggest losers are the Russians mortgaging their future. The second biggest uh, winner is NATO, which has come together to uh, try and push back on this uh, Russian aggression. And uh, the second biggest loser is France, having gone to uh, Beijing. Macron kind of double-crossed NATO and uh, took up with the Chinese and talked about autonomy for for France and uh, seemed to be pulling away in the direction of the Chinese, who are, of course, in support of the Russians. The Russians don't have the machines, generals, or combat cohesion and skills to win, and the Ukrainians don't have the men, but they have better men. They don't have the machines, but they have better machines. So each side keeps looking for an escalatory advantage that the other cannot match easily to gain advantage to force some success and then negotiations. I think it's a good And, and Ty, what I found, what yeah. I try to find out is I think both sides are, are lying, to, you know, tremendously. I mean, you can't believe what Russia says, and you really can't believe what the Ukrainians say. No, you can't. They're both... Uh, grew up in a, a culture in the Soviet Union uh, of disinformation. Uh, the security services uh, are, have a long uh, record of um, uh, deceit, uh, oppression, uh, going back to Tsarist times when, when both countries were part of the, the Tsarist empire. And so the uh, both sides uh, are, are trying to, to fool each other, and they also don't even really trust their allies. The Russians don't trust the Chinese and others, and, and the Ukrainians don't really trust some of the, uh, the countries in NATO uh, who were trying to guide and, and to uh, restrain them uh, from recovering you know, all the Ukrainian territory they want. So there's going to be a lot of disinformation, misinformation, and misleading things that are going to happen. Um, the Russians are having a bit of success at the at the very geostrategic level, uh, using the BRICS countries, uh, Brazil, uh, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, uh, to try and win the global South. They have also pulled Macron away from NATO a bit, uh, and trying to get him to team up with uh, the Chinese and uh, to talk about strategic autonomy for France. Uh, and so this was really... Um, a very bad development. Uh, the French generals, I'm told, were extremely upset, uh, and the French people were very upset with Macron, who sort of went off on an ego trip uh, trying to talk to Xi in Beijing, and he is very uh, disliked as a result of that and is really uh, taking a, a beating. I think he's really caused a lot of alarm on the part of uh, the Ukrainians, 
as as they are worried about, he will try and uh, pull NATO apart uh, and and not have NATO backing them very well. Um, the uh, Russians do not have the generals and and the, the uh, equipment to really prosecute the war to a victory. The Ukrainians, while they have better men and and better machines, they have to wait for more modern equipment and deep strike artillery in order to prosecute a real counteroffensive because the Russians have dug huge trenches and huge uh, barriers and set up, uh, in some cases, uh, trenches that are eight deep. So they, they're really preparing for a World War One trench warfare system. And the if you go on the offensive, you generally need three or four to one in terms of uh, troop strength. And you also suffer very, very high casualties in, in, in such a trench warfare uh, situation unless you can achieve uh, very large amounts of armor and artillery in order to break through the trench system and try and circle uh, the defenders. So right now, so, uh, the way I have tight, the way I look at it, it's the Chinese that are orchestrating everything. They they are using Russia, taking Russia's oil, arranging discounts to um, uh, Pakistan and India. And, and, yeah. uh, and so Pakistan and India are loving it because they're buying it 30% below the market. And, and, exactly. and then uh, they, they, and Saudi Arabia and Russia want $100 oil because they're going to make up for the 30% discount. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's a, a vicious of- circle. There's a world war going on of what the real price of oil is. America wants it at 65.70, so inflation will go away because at 65.70, inflation will go away by itself. If the Fed, but if the Fed continues to raise interest rates, it's going to destroy the whole country. Well, it will. It's already destroyed a good bit of the banking sector, and it's a big threat to the to the banking sector. And as we know, energy, the price of energy feeds through to everything, every product, every uh, job, and uh, the uh, uh, the disruption of this uh, and reallocation of, of how the oil flows are happening in the world uh, are, you know, a, a result of the war and a result of, of Putin. Uh, striking out and and believing the dream that he that his generals and his spies uh, were telling him was true, and in fact, his spies were wrong. His military was rotten and corrupt, and he he bought uh, a a real bad uh, story from a bunch of yes men, and it's gotten him into a tremendous pickle. So he's he's in danger himself uh, in terms of holding on to power. He's mortgaging the future of the country, uh, which it could, if it's weakened enough, you could have Chinese moving into some of his uh, eastern provinces. Uh, the Chinese have recently, on some of their maps, changed the names of some Russian cities uh, to Chinese names. Uh, and these are cities in Russia. Uh, changed the names back to uh, Chinese uh, as they were uh, many, many uh, hundreds of years ago. So there's a growing, uh, you know, uh, sense that uh, the the Russians are under such strain that uh, there could be some some real major geostrategic uh, boundary changes at some point if if uh, the if the Russians can't can't just realize they need to to back off 
and 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 admit they made made some mistakes, which is going to get tougher and tougher because the International Criminal Court has now charged Putin with being a war criminal, and so he's finding that he's got less and less maneuver room, and he's got less and less opportunity to back out of a very costly error that he made. Understood. Now, let's take the rest of the world. Uh, so China is causing all these situations, and they're also moving to try to, to, to make their, their currency more relevant and the dollar less relevant. You see any, any progress in that, or is it just Mickey Mouse? I think there's some progress in it. They are getting um, this alliance of uh, countries in the global south, uh, the BRICS countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. They're trying to find a way to uh, create um, interfaces and and connect the pipes, uh, the financial pipes that will allow for uh, buying and selling in the international marketplace using the Chinese currency. Uh, I think that still they they don't quite have the credibility and they don't quite have the, the machinery and the plumbing in place to, to do that. Uh, the famous Chinese Belt and Road Initiative, which is basically a debt trap, the Chinese come into a country and loan them a lot of money uh, to build things, uh, which they don't build very well, and the Chinese uh, are saying when you can't win the country, such as Pakistan and and others can't pay the debt back, we want your ports, we want your airfields, we want all kind of special rights. And um, so the Chinese are, are making, uh, making and, and the some World progress Bank, trying to use that. And the World Bank cannot help them because China owns 20% of the World Bank and they would veto the transaction. Yeah, the Chinese are... are, are uh, you know, they have a permanent seat on the, on the Security Council, as does Russia. They can veto anything. They have seats and, and commitments in the World Bank. So they're using uh, all of their influence. They control uh, very much. A lot of people think the World Health Organization, which is now proposing regulations, which uh, people in Congress are up in arms about, that yeah. the World Health Organization can issue directives uh, that will override all sovereign uh, powers, that when they tell you to take a shot or stay at home, or if there's a public health danger like guns or trips to the mall, that countries would have to abide by the directives of the World Health Organization, which is just another supranational arm and part of the we, United Nations. Basically, Ty, we're almost out of time. Sovereignty. Ty, we're out of time, but I just okay. wanted to make a point. We are in a world war. The good news is we're not shooting each other with nuclear bombs, but we're doing it economically and in many other ways, like you said, the World Health Organization. And uh, let's pray for America. Thank you for your input, telling the American people what's really going on, and we'll catch up again real soon. Sounds great. Great to talk with you this morning. Thank you.